It's the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service and Podcast for Tuesday, June 9, 2020. On this date in history, June 9, 1534, the French explorer Jacques Cartier sailed into the mouth of the St. Lawrence River for the first time. In 1869, Charles E. Hires sells his first root beer in Philadelphia. And in 1954, lawyer Joseph Welsh famously asks U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy, have you no sense of decency, sir, during the Senate Army hearings. Now, the background to this is, of course, that Joseph McCarthy was a senator. He rocketed to public attention in 1950 with his allegations that there were hundreds of communists that had infiltrated the State Department and other federal agencies. And he continued this campaign, and he was eventually made the chairman of the Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigation. So he's a very powerful senator, holding televised hearings. And he picked a fight with the U.S. Army in 1954, in the spring. Uh, and he said that the U.S. Army had lax security at one of its top secret uh, facilities. Well, the Army hired a lawyer named Joseph Welsh to make its case to defend itself at these hearings. And at that session, that famous session of June 9, 1954, Senator McCarthy accused uh, one of the lawyers in Welsh's law firm of having ties to a communist organization. We're going to play for you the audio of this exchange. You're going to first hear uh, Senator McCarthy making that charge, and then you're going to hear the lawyer, Welsh, who defends his attorney and who utters his famous line. Now, I just give this man's record, and I want to say, Mr. Welch, that it has been labeled long before he became a member, as early as 1944. Senator, I quote, may we not finish. drop this? We know finish. he belongs to the lawyer's guild, and Mr. Cole nods his head at me. I did you, I think, no personal injury, Mr. Cole. No, sir. I meant to do you no personal injury. No. And if I did, I beg your pardon. Let us not assassinate this lad further, Senator. Well, let's, let's You've go. done enough. Have right. you no sense of decency, sir? At long last, have you left no sense of decency? That was lawyer Joseph Welsh, whose perfectly timed and delivered line at the televised hearing basically ended overnight Joseph McCarthy's popularity. Um, he was censured by the Senate. He was ostracized by his party. He was ignored by the press. And in fact, three years later, at the age of 48, he died. On today's episode, we have Broadway Happy Hour with Nick Burgess. We also have uh, more from the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis radio show with their guest, Rosemary Clooney. Of course, she is the aunt of George Clooney, but she was a movie star in her day and a singer, and uh, we're happy to bring you this old-time radio once again. That's the show. Here's Broadway Happy Hour. The following is brought to you by Recreation CSL and is an excerpt from Broadway Happy Hour with Nick Burgess, presented by the Siegel Center for Performing Arts. Welcome back to Broadway Happy Hour. I'm so glad you're all here with me tonight. And let's get started with the song that everyone knows and everyone loves. Well, here we go. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap, the job's a game. And every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake. Go down, the medicine go down, the medicine go down, just a spoon. 
From the flowers to the comb, never tire, never buzzing to and fro. Because they take a little nip from every flower that they sip. Good morning. 
Produce seven kittens right out of a hat. And we all say, from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and I was thinking about doing the Oompa Loompa song and then I was like no that's too weird for Broadway Happy Hour granted I love the Oompa Loompa song but um, there's this gorgeous uh, song called Pure Imagination so I thought we could do it all together Pure Imagination from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. You'll begin with a spin, traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. for Phyllis Loner. Hey Phyllis, she asked for a tune from Greece and this is my favorite one.
Christine. One of my favorite memories of that song is going to New York with Full Circle Productions and doing uh, an incredible concert at Below 54. Like, who gets to play in New York City, right? Yes, Aaron, I see you. What an amazing, amazing experience that was. So thank you, Tracy, for that. Um, yay, 54 Below, so fun. Great. This next one is called Let's Fall in Love, and this was Geneviève Roy was asking for uh, this gorgeous Cole Porter tune, one of his first hits um, from a show called Paris the Musical, and it uh, was in 1928. Can you imagine? Almost 100 years ago, and it's pretty racy for like 100 years ago from today. Anyway, this is Let's Fall in Love. Birds do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it. to Funny Girl, there's like a page at the front that says, stop, do not use the song My Man on your production, it is illegal. So, and it's such a good tune. Barbara, this one's for you. Oh my man, I love him so. He'll never know. Oh my life is just despair. But I don't care. When he takes me in his arms, the world is bright. This one goes out to you, and this is uh, Time Warp from Rocky Horror. 
And Holly Greco, my friend Holly, who's an incredible choreographer, she also asked for time warp. So it goes out to both of you. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. this segment from Broadway Happy Hour with Nick Burgess. Please tune in tomorrow and every day this week to hear more excerpts from Broadway Happy Hour presented by the Siegel Center for Performing Arts and brought to you by the Parks and Recreation Department of Cote St. Luke. Hey, Jan, you got a cigarette? Have I got a cigarette? <laughs> Dean, I've got the cigarette. You mean Chesterfield? I mean Chesterfield. I'm with you. Which means that Chesterfield, the first cigarette in America to give you premium quality in both regular and king size, brings you the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. to bring you our Master of Ceremonies, Dean Martin. Well, hi, folks. Thank you. Now, let's all settle back and light up the Chesterfield, because here comes the first show in our current tour of the Killicycles. My undernourished partner will be around shortly to commit his own special brand of mayhem later on. So while we're waiting for bullet heads, supposing we kick off the festivities with a little hominy grit. So let's go, Dickus to Beale. Okay. 
give me some harmony grits and some red sugar cured ham. Give me a great big bowl of gravy. I'd be such a happy man if I could see magnolias and azaleas in bloom. Well, let me up to the table and give me lots of elbow room. Then pass me that mammoth fried hoe cake and some good old black-eyed peas. Give me a hay rack full of biscuits. Well, make my coffee black if you please. If you feed me all of Dixie. In the style so grand, you'll have yourself a happy man. For gum molasses, you'll have yourself a happy man. Now give me some of them harmony grits, boy. Well, shut my mouth and a great big slab of that red sugar cured ham, and about a half a gallon of this good old thickening gravy, hon brother, you're gonna find yourself a mighty happy man. Well, it seems when you eat stuff like that, you can see the magnolias and them honeysuckles, you know, when they're in bloom. Ah, set me down, set me down at that table, boy. Scoot on over and give me lots of. Ballroom, then pass me that mammy fried hoagie and some good old black-eyed peas. Give me a hay rack full of hot biscuits. Make my coffee black if you please. Well, if you feed me all the Dixie in a style oh so grand. You'll have yourself a happy man. For gum lasers, you'll have yourself a happy man. Set me down, set me down. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Now that the ice is broken, I'd like. Hey Dean! Hey Dean! Well, if it isn't Jerry Lewis. <laughs> well, what are you so excited about, Jerry? Hey Dean, it's Marilyn Monroe. It's Marilyn Monroe. Right, easy, Jerry. Take it easy. Marilyn Monroe has nothing to do with this show. So what? She has nothing to do with the month of September either. But that don't mean I should throw away my calendar. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jerry. If you're a good boy, I'll see that you get to meet her one of these days. Nah, it wouldn't do any good. She doesn't even know I'm alive. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, then you've insulted me. And after all the promises you made about how you were going to treat me with dignity and respect this year, and now you're starting right off with all those nasty remarks. My little heart is breaking. I come out here like a little elf and... Right away you start picking on me. Oh, I don't Jerry, know. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, no, Jerry, don't. Oh, no, Jerry. Oh, don't cry, Jerry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I, I, I love you, Jerry. You know that. Oh, come on. Stop crying. Now, that's better. I promise I'll never be nasty to you again. I changed my mind. You can be nasty sometimes. <laughs> but why? What made you change your mind? I like it when we make up. Oh. Since, uh, since this is the start of a new season, it might be a good idea for you to meet some of the people on the show. First of all, there's our announcer, George Fenneman. Feminine? The announcer is a girl. Who said the announcer is a girl? You did. You said the announcer was feminine. I didn't say feminine. I said Fenneman. Fenneman is not the same as feminine. A girl is feminine, but Fenneman is not a girl. Are you feeling all right, Booby? 
Maybe I better introduce you two, and you can see for yourself. George? Uh, yes, George, I'd like you to meet Jerry Lewis. Jerry, this is our announcer. Hiya, baby. <laughs> Excuse me, Dean, but I don't get this conversation. What is this all about? Oh, nothing important. George, Jerry got mixed up between feminine and feminine, and up to now, he thought you were a girl. Well, I guess anybody can make a mistake. Up to now, I thought he was human. Oh. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good, George. <laughs> You're supposed to be the announcer on the show, and right away you say funnies, and, and you get laughs. <laughs> yes, sirree, Bob. This is going to be a real happy Jim Dandy Association. You're all righty in my book, George. <laughs> Dean, we couldn't get Harry Bonzel. <laughs> I don't mind him. Now, you cheer up, George. George, uh, you, you, you'll get used to Jerry in time. Hey, Fenneman, what are you supposed to do around here anyhow? Well, Jerry, I'm here to extol the many virtues of Chesterfield cigarettes. You smoke Chesterfields, don't you, Jerry? Oh, sure. I'm a Chesterfield smoker from way back. In fact, I used to be a chain smoker, but I stopped. Well, how come? I choked on a link. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Oh, I don't even know why I bothered to listen to your nonsense. Simple. I listen to your song. <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> Jerry! Let's change the subject. What'd you do all summer? Oh, I had a great time. I went scout shooting. <laughs> no, you went skeet shooting. Skeets. Skeets, those little, those little round discs. No, scouts, those little round boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry, don't tell me you were shooting boy scouts. Sure, but it was self-defense. I <laughs> caught them trying to start a fire by rubbing two sticks together. Oh, well, well, what's wrong with that? The sticks were my legs. <laughs> say, would you like to hear what I did this summer? If I say no, the whole body bleeds. <laughs> Jerry, I fulfilled a lifelong ambition. I did something I never believed possible. You bought a Perry Como record. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> no, I uh, visited my hometown of Steubenville, Ohio, and while I was there, I got the greatest thrill of my life. There in front of the house where I was born was a little plaque that said, Dean Martin was born here. Big deal. I visited Newark, New Jersey, where I was born and got the same deal. Only instead of a tiny little plaque, you should see the huge sign they put up. What'd it say? No dumping allowed. Oh! <laughs> Chesterfield is the first and only cigarette to tell you what it's made of. Yes, Chesterfield names all its ingredients so you'll know what gives you the best possible smoke. The world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities, pure, costly moistening agents, costly glycerol and pure sugars, which are natural to tobacco, and cigarette paper of the highest purity, the best that money can buy. That's what's in your Chesterfield. Ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. Much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and as confirmed by a well-known research organization, no unpleasant aftertaste. So sound off for Chesterfield. Either way you like them, regular or king size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. For our first guest of the new season, Jerry and I really wanted to invite someone special. Well, sir, who could be more special than... One of the country's newest and most exciting stars. She's got a million-dollar voice, million-dollar personality, and a million-dollar future. So here she is, the very richly talented Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary, it's a real pleasure to have you with us tonight. I've been looking forward to it, Dean. Hey, Dean! Dean, have you seen my... Good heaven! It's a female of the opposite sex. <laughs> Jerry, this is Rosemary. Rosemary, I thought so! It's my old kindergarten chum, Rosemary Fosnock. <laughs> Jerry, I'm not... Hey, Rosemary! 
Dick, remember the time I dropped my knife on your foot and we spent two hours looking for your big toe? Look, I, I hate to spoil your fun, Jerry, but it just so happens that I am not Rosemary Fosnock. You can't fool me, Rosie. I know a Fosnock when I see one. <laughs> Jerry, the girl tells you you're wrong, and yet you insist she's Rosemary Fosnock. Don't take my word for it. Count her toes. <laughs> Tell me, Dean, was this uh, kid born or trapped? Oh, <laughs> don't take him too seriously, Rosemary. Basically, Jerry has a very good heart. Prove it to me. Take it out. <laughs> see, Jer? You see, Jer? Rosemary's name is not Fosnock. It's Clooney. Clooney? Sounds like an Irish railroad car. <laughs> Jerry, this is Rosemary Clooney, the singer. So that's who it is. Look, Jerry, I must have sang Come Out of My House 40,000 times, and you were the only person who actually came over. Can I help it if I like pomegranate? <laughs> Jerry, with a beautiful, luscious young girl like Rosemary Clooney, don't tell me you went looking for pomegranates. Nah, I was just kidding. With a gorgeous dish like Rosemary, with those ruby red lips, with that face and that figure... And you thought I was interested in pomegranates. <laughs> Were you? It was the figs and pears. Oh. <laughs> Don't you pay any attention to them, Rosemary. I think I understood to come on to my house, and it was a great song. Thank you, Dean. You seem to know quite a bit about music. Well, I majored in music at college. College? <laughs> in grammar school, he couldn't pass manual training. <laughs> yes, Rosemary, music is my life. And manual training was the dumbest kid in school. <laughs> Jerry, you're behaving like a jealous child. Me jealous? That's ridiculous. Ha ha. Why, I know more about music than he'll ever know. He never wrote a song in his life. Now, Jerry, don't stand there and tell us that you ever wrote a song. Are you kidding? You never heard the song I wrote about the cowgirl who died? What's the name of it? It's called... Goodbye, Dirty Gertie, I ain't a-gonna cry, because I'll be seeing you, Dirty Gertie, at that washroom in the sky. <laughs> Jerry! Oh, that's nothing, Dean. You should hear my latest hit. Pass the sterno, baby, and I'll give you a kiss of fire. <laughs> Jerry, now what's wrong with that? That one, I'll have you know, was recorded by Artie Shaw and his all-wife orchestra. <laughs> you know, Dean... I don't know what this kid has, but I hope it isn't catching. Oh, don't worry about that, Rosemary. Don't you worry about that at all. I, look, since we've been talking about songs, this might be a real good time for you to come up with one of your own. Okay. If Dick Stabile will oblige with a botchamy beat, I'll botchamy very best. Well, good enough. Folks, with the aid of Richard Stabile and his Italian-Swiss colony blue blowers, <laughs> Rosemary Clooney sings, Botchamy! <laughs> Me, I botch you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, botch me, my baby. Ba, ba, bo, bo. Just say yes, and maybe for you, kiss me, and I'm a kiss you. Tra la 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 la. Ba, ba, botch me, bambino. Ba, ba, bo, 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 capicolino. If you squeeze me, and I'm a squeeze you. Tra la 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 la. Me, I botch you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, botch me, my baby. Ba, ba, bo, bo. Just say yes and maybe, and then we will raise a great big family. Tra la 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 la. Botch me, I botch you, and everything goes crazy. Ba, ba, botch me, my baby. Ba, ba, bo, bo. Just say yes and maybe, and then we will raise a great big family. Tra la 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 la. Be you, by oh, be you, boo. Won't you bat you, bat you me? Kiss me. Be you, by oh, be you, boo. You bat you me, I bat you. Come on, you kiss me. Ba, ba, bat you me, bambino, ba, ba, bo, bo. Picolino, and then we will raise a great big family. Be you, bye, oh, be you, boo. Tra la 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 la. 
job, Rosemary. Real wonderful. And now, let's all get into grease paint for our next super production as Judge Fannerman sets the scene. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure that most of you have seen that fabulous motion picture, The Greatest Show on Earth. However, for those of you who may have failed to see it, our thoughtful stars have prepared their own version of this stirring drama about life under the big top. Chesterfield Cigarettes are proud to present Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, and Rosemary Clooney in... The greatest schmo on earth. <laughs> we have all thrilled to the high-pitched excitement of the circus with its color and glamour, its thrills and chills. But what of the people that make up the circus? How do they live? What do they think? For instance, what does the lion tamer think as he faces those fierce and hungry beasts? Oh, I'm so thrilled. What does the colorful bareback rider think as she rides around the ring on her beautiful white horse? Oh, I'm so excited. What does the courageous acrobat think as he performs his death-defying feats high above the heads of the crowd? Oh, I'm so nauseous. Yes, let us visit the circus and learn the true story. As our scene opens, we find the manager of the circus, John Ringling South. He is talking to Henny, the beautiful bareback queen. Henny, we're in trouble. We've just lost our biggest attraction. You don't mean the great bird wheel. I do mean the great bird wheel. Oh, John, we've lost the only man in the world who could dive 2,000 feet into a wet noodle. What did he die of? He died of adenoids. Adenoids? That's not the half of it. They weren't even his. Oh, that's terrible. What will you do? How can we open tonight? Excuse me, I understand you are looking for a new death-defying attraction. Yes, but how did you know? I was standing right outside following the script. <laughs> Maybe he's got something, John. Uh, tell me, kid, have you ever been in a circus before? Sure, I was with a circus all last year. What did you do? I was a midget. But you're six feet tall. How could you be a midget? I lied about my height. <laughs> so you uh, know a lot about circus, huh? Oh, sure. My family were all circus people. In fact, my mother was a bearded lady. She was? I'll never forget that first time I saw my mother <laughs> with a beard. I looked at her tenderly and said, Gee, Mom, you're Dad. Look, kid, the circus is a hard, tough life. You look too frail. I don't think you'll like it. Oh, yes, I will. I loved it the last time. Why, every morning I used to get up at the crack of dawn and leap to the task. First I'd walk into the lion's cage, then the zebra's cage. Then the tiger's cage, and when I was all through, I looked back at a job well done, take a deep breath, and say, uh, uh. Kid, listen to me, kid, listen to me. I've decided to give you the chance of a lifetime. You're going to be the star of the show. Will you do it? Anything. I'll do anything. Just tell me. What do I have to do? Dive 2,000 feet into a wet noodle. Oh, boy, that's a... Into a wet noodle. <laughs> Come on, this is no time to go soft. It's your big chance. But I... They're waiting for you under the big top. Just tell them you're the new great bird wheel. Go on, Herbie. Well, there he goes. He's climbing up the ladder. He's climbing higher, higher. He's way up there. He's bracing himself. He's getting ready to jump. And there he goes! Oh, poor Herbie. Look at him. He broke two legs, one arm, four ribs, and the whole head is cracked. Speak, Herbie. Say something. All right, now, which one of you moved the noodle? 
You king-size smokers will want to hear what the nation's press has had to say about king-size Chesterfields. New York Herald Tribune. King-size Chesterfield is a sellout. Extra supplies of Chesterfields rush to dealers here. And Time Magazine, in its own inimitable style, said, The Big Chesty, without making any visible dent in the sales of the shorter brother, quickly raised king-size sales. Dealers could scarcely keep up with the demand. Yes, those are actual quotes from news publications. And from all over the country, we're getting reports from dealers telling us no product they ever handled has grown so fast in so short a time as king-size Chesterfields. That's because Chesterfield is first to give you premium quality in both regular and king-size. King-size Chesterfield is exactly the same as regular Chesterfield, except it's larger. Contains so much more of the same tobacco, it gives you a 21% longer smoke. It costs very little more. And the tobacco in king-size Chesterfield is of better quality and higher price than the tobacco in any other king-size cigarette. Sound off for Chesterfield. Either way you like them, regular or king-size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. Funny thing about songs, ladies and gentlemen, you sing a number while it remains popular, and when it falls out of favor, it goes right into the limbo of forgotten melodies. But the guy who sings it never really forgets it. Which brings us around to a song that I pulled out of the file the other day and found just as good as new. Once in a while, will you try to give one? little thought to me Though someone else may be near your heart Once in a while Will you dream of the most
Boys, how does it feel to be at the end of your first radio show of the season? Rosemary, radio is always fun when we have nice people to work with, and we couldn't have made a better choice for our first show. Yeah, well, I wish this was a television show. Why? So everyone could see how adorable you are. Why, Jerry, this is a side of you I've never seen. That's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. How can I thank you? What can I do? Hey, Dean, is the next line crossed out in your script, too? Yeah. <laughs> Rosemary, you've been a wonderful guest, and uh, thanks for joining us. That goes double for me, Rosemary, and we'll see you on our television show September the 21st. Thank you, Dean and Jerry. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, Rosie. This about winds up our first session under the Chesterfield banner. And we hope you'll be with us next week, folks. And we also hope you'll give our cigarettes a try. You'll be doing us a personal favor because Chesterfield makes it possible for us to bring you these shows. More important than that, Jerry, you folks will be doing yourselves a favor because either way you like them, regular or king size, Chesterfield gives you the best possible smoke. And I want to tell you all this. We wouldn't be selling Chesterfields, Dean and I, unless we smoked them ourselves. Try them today. Well, until next week, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis reminding you that our latest picture, Jumping Jacks, is now playing at your local theaters. We hope you'll go see it. Good night. Good night, everybody. From Hollywood, you've just heard transcribe the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. Written by Ed Simmons and Norman Lear. Produced and directed by Dick Mack. With music prepared and conducted by Dick Stabile. This is George Benham inviting all of you to join us next week at the same time when all of us again sound off for Chesterfield. is today's episode of the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service. If you're listening at 2 p.m. on our phone line, we have another special item for you. Have a great day.